Welcome to Remote Control, the Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking with Ed Helms about his new Comedy Central special, The Fake News with Ted Nelms. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and it's my pleasure to welcome Ed Helms, or should I say Ted Nelms? Um, you can say, I'll answer to either. All right, good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. So you've got this great special coming out on Comedy Central, and you've got an alter ego you're playing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Fake News with Ted Nelms. And um, yeah, tune in. See who Ted Nelms is. How did you come up with the name? Uh there was there, there was a writer on The Daily Show. Um, he became head writer, actually, uh, while I was there, David Jabberbaum. And uh, it was a nickname that he gave me, and I can't remember why. It was sort of like a... Um, there was some joke. We were just talking about an alter ego for Ed Helms, and uh, and it just sort of stuck in my mind. I don't even think it stuck at the daily show it's not like people called me that all the time but it just stuck in the back of my mind as a sort of funny nod to my real name but still being able to differentiate myself a little bit and that's really what that really felt perfect for this show because I didn't I didn't want to be myself I didn't want to be a comedian commenting on the news I wanted to be a a fake like fictional person completely immersed in a fake reality so um, so this, yeah, that's, that's where the name came from. And how'd you come up with the idea for the show? What made you want to do it? Well, ever since I left the daily show, uh, which was, you know, I was there for almost five years and it was, it was such an incredibly fun, exhilarating place to work. And, uh, and I've had a tremendous amount of fun, obviously ever since leaving there, I've been so lucky to be a part of so many great projects but um but i've missed that feeling connected to social satire more directly or or even pop popular culture or media or political satire and um and i always my brain's always kind of working that way and i'm always thinking those things and and thinking those jokes um so i just had been thinking for a while, like, how can I scratch that itch? Is there something, is there some other way? I didn't want to, I didn't want to create another um, sort of daily show type show. I feel like that is a, a pretty well-filled niche with, uh, with obviously Trevor Noah and John Oliver and Samantha B all just crushing it, doing amazing work. Absolutely. Um, Bill Maher and Seth Meyers and even even Colbert now uh, still uh, in his new job. Um, there's a lot of that out there. And those are uh, – and even the uh, uh, on Saturday Night Live, Weekend Update. Mm-hmm. Th- those are all comedians as themselves sort of commenting on the news, reading a real news piece and then sort of uh, – joking about it or, or kind of snarking about what, uh, what's going on there. And I, so that, I didn't want to jump into that because it's, it's just being nailed by so many people. Um, 
And so then this idea came up, well, what if it's just a completely fictional news world? And uh, and it's not a totally new idea. I mean, Monty Python did this in The Flying Circus, and uh, and The Onion does it beautifully in print. Um, there was a, a really phenomenal show on the BBC called uh, The Day-to-Day with Chris Morris, and, and that was sort of, uh, that was way back in the 90s, but it's, those are sort of the, uh, I think, the kind of granddaddies to this show or, or sort of where we looked for inspiration. And um, and it felt like a this big gaping void in the political satire, news satire world to, to just completely commit to a fake news broadcast. So that's what we did. And you certainly have plenty of material out there to call from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, the fun thing about this show is that we uh, there's the real world, and then there's our world, and our world is made up, but it's very kind of par- it's like a parallel universe. Uh, it exists in a in a world where the the status quo is normal. Donald Trump is president. You know, uh, we we're in the United States. <laughs> we take sort of all of the everything that's going on for granted, but then we just create new new news stories and new emergencies and new breaking news kind of, uh, and we take tons of sound bites and clips out of context and just grotesquely recontextualize <laughs> them and, and just abuse our, our, uh, our, uh, sort of, uh, access to editorial equipment to, um, to make people look silly, including ourselves. Very much so. But as, as much as it's a parody of politics and everything that's going on with the headlines, it's also very much a parody of news and the way news broadcasts are done. I would say it's, it's even more that because, uh, I'm, I'm a news junkie and I watch a lot of news. I, I watch a lot of CNN and I watch a lot of Fox News and I read a lot of Huffington Post and I read a lot of, uh, of Breitbart actually um, because I just want to kind of know what's being said out there and kind of how, how both sides are presenting and or spinning information. And both sides are doing it profusely. I mean, there's no... There's no outlet that is sort of agenda free, even if that agenda is just making money and selling ads, which is its own sort of disgusting uh, news agenda. But that's that's what drives a lot of modern cable news. So in looking at all of these different news outlets, MSNBC and, and all of it, you realize pretty quickly that they have more in common than they have different. So they do have an editorial ideology that's different. That's very easy to see very quickly. But then once you peel that back, they're all the same, and they do the same games and the same kinds of tropes, and the, they set up these sort of cage match arguments, and and it's uh, it's a little bit heartbreaking sometimes just to see how transparently uh, jaded or biased a lot of the news presentation is. So that's a long answer, but the the sort of thing to take away is that we really wanted to poke fun at cable news because as a target, as its own target. And yes, the pop culture and, and political culture, they those they take their lumps, you know, we take jabs at at lots of different um, people and political issues, but um 
but really cable news is kind of what we set out to to make fun of. How much did you have to watch for this? How much homework did you do in research? Well, I I really consume a lot of news kind of in my normal day-to-day life. So um, it was fun, though, because once we started writing this show, uh, I kind of was watching with a different hat on. Mm -hmm. I really was looking at the mechanics of of what the the news cable news uh, channels are doing and, and and trying to kind of understand why they do it, looking for the things that are just exasperating when you're watching, and then thinking, well, how can we do that? But while calling out the thing that's that's so exasperating, and so there's a lot of bits in our show that that I think play the games that cable news plays, but uh, but in a really heightened way that that hopefully draws draws some ironic attention to it and uh, yeah gives a little a little satirical bite very much so it's not safe to be a weather reporter on fake news <laughs> <laughs> no that's true that's true well you know that so so yeah a little spoiler alert we have a a hurricane reporter who um, whose life just keeps getting more and more in jeopardy throughout the the episode and and that's just a nod to how gratuitously uh, dangerous these, uh, or, or, or the, the the gratuitousness of the danger that hurricane reporters put themselves in, and and you you hear the the news justifying it in such a shallow, dumb way. They're always like, you know, he's there, so you don't have to be. Like, well, no one has to be <laughs> no there. No one should be. Yeah. So why is anybody there? And at one point, you know, I play the I'm the anchor, Ted Nelms, and I tell the uh, the hurricane reporter, um, you know, Mark, we really need you to get closer to the hurricane. And he's like, it's really bad, Ted. <laughs> and, I, and I say, yeah, but how are how's anyone supposed to know that unless they see you in the middle of it? And he says, well, I'm a journalist. Can't they just take my word for it? <laughs> and, <No. laughs> and, and you can't like you, the new the cable news. Uh, all the news outlets, they just want to put people in these harrowing situations because it gets viewers. It's exciting to watch. And I get it, but it's also, it just needs to be made fun of. And there's so many sort of sight gags too with all of those like news tropes with the panel of people that are, you know, all white talking about what it means to be black or all white men talking about women. I mean, you just, you, you cram a lot in there. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, I think cable news, a lot of times, People with with uh, with kind of no expertise or no authority on something are given a platform, or people with just a really reprehensible point of view about something are, and something that that that's really fringe. I mean that that so few people in the country would agree with. They're just given a platform in order to gin up uh, controversy and and give the pundits something to kind of bounce off of and get enraged about. And, and, you know, it's not, it's not cable news's fault. It's a lot of, it's, it's us. I mean, we have an appetite for this. And I, I, I think, I, I don't know. I hope we can all kind of <laughs> examine ourselves a little bit too, because we, we, it used to be that, that we, we watched, professional wrestling and we that was sort of our outlet for rage and uh and sort of gratuitous violence and and um unreasonable conflict and now uh cable news has turned into professional wrestling i mean it really is that 
degrading of a um the, you know the, the the arguments that happen are are I watch these people and I just their dignity is just washing away as they argue and um and as they validate these like horrific points of view on both sides I mean I'm not I'm 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 not saying it's like uh it's either or I really think everybody participates in this um and then we're the ones who Turn it on and watch it. Consume it. Ratings are going up. Yeah. Yeah. Cable news. Um, what did I hear? Fareed Zakaria said the other night that uh, uh, something like Donald Trump is has just figured out how to own the news mm-hmm. in a way. And he has. But we're all complicit. You know? Definitely. I mean, it feel, but it feels like... It's so much more polarized now than it's ever been before. I mean, I think people are just tuning in to hear their own judgments validated, and they're getting that reflected back at them. Yeah, that's a great point. I think confirmation bias is out of control right now. The way that the way that we consume media, we we really just look for uh, news outlets that that confirm our worldview, and um, and the more we do that, and and, my, and Google search. And, you know, all the, the kind of algorithms and online searching that that feed you things that that reinforce what things you've already searched for. And um, <clears throat> and it really just creates a feedback loop of affirmation for the things that you already believe and that you want to believe. And um, and the psychology of it is is kind of terrifying. Um, there's there is a uh, I encourage everyone to a uh, Google the blowback effect, which is a, a, a phenomenon in psychology where um, something, anything that challenges a core belief that we have, if we hear countervailing evidence to that, no matter how convincing uh, that evidence might be, we're not going to believe it. Mm. And not only that, we're going to double down even harder on our, our previous, on, on, on the belief that we already have. And we all do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and it just takes a little humility, I think, for everyone to kind of step back and, and say, are we, are we responsibly presenting news information? But more importantly, are we responsibly consuming it? And I think it's a, it, it's, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting a little lofty. At the end of the day, this show, uh, it, th- these are a lot of the kind of gears turning uh, in, in our imaginations making this show, but really it was um, it was about trying to be as silly as possible <laughs> and just kind of heightening everything that's that's going on and uh, I don't know, having fun with it. That you did. Was any, was anything off limits? I can't imagine Comedy Central ever said no, but was there ever any point that you're like, this, we're going to go too far? Um... No, Comedy Central was an incredible partner on this. They really got the show and they got what we were trying to do and and have just been so supportive the whole time and actually had great notes, creative notes along the way, which is not always the case. But um, uh, the only thing, the the sort of self-imposed guidelines for us, um, we wanted to avoid jokes about... 
you know, uh, Ted Nelms is not a Ron Burgundy character. He's not someone who's really reprehensible because he's sexist or racist. Um, he's not overly angry. He's not overly mean spirited. Those are a lot of, I think, ways that that in the past news anchors have been made funny is by sort of going down those ro- avenues. We really wanted Ted Nelms to be kind of neutral in the in the way that um, I think anchors like Wolf Blitzer and uh, Shepard Smith and and these. Um, Brit Hume, like these guys, they try to they try to present the news. Uh, n- nobody's totally neutral, but like they they're trying. They're not as they're they're not like a Sean Hannity or a Bill O'Reilly right. Right. or a Rachel Maddow. They're they're more. Um, they at least try to be more neutral. So that's sort of what we wanted to do with Ted, and then let the let the content really be the the jokes. And of course, Ted's personality does emerge in a few places where it's. I think uh, really fun and surprising, and sometimes his his value system kind of sneaks out, and you're kind of like, "Whoa, what's with this guy?" But, um, but uh, yeah, so but that was a constraint we made for ourselves not to rely on on ineptitude, you know, like like the set falling apart, or um, not to rely on too many jokes about the the news team being bad at their jobs, but again, rather that the coverage. What they're covering is what should be funny, and how they're covering it uh, should be funny. Um, the uh, we were we, we kind of tried to we tried to keep ourselves to a high standard in terms of um, you know satire. I think can very easily cross over into just ridicule, and that's um, that's when it to me it just stops being funny, and uh, and it stops being it starts being mean and I think uh, or you can kind of feel the rage underneath it because a lot of comedy comes from like wanting to make a point wanting to uh, wanting to say something and that can sort of there can be a little rage mixed into that and I I think that's a perfectly legitimate fuel but you really have to guard against um, against that bleeding into the content because that's just not fun to watch and it's done it, and it and I think it, when it becomes mean-spirited or overly angry, then we're sort of not doing our jobs. We're, we're just kind of ranting. And, um, and I really hope that anyone of any political persuasion can watch this and at least appreciate the silliness of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and I think we take a lot of shots at, at a lot of different kind of ideologies or points of view. And, it's very equal opportunity. Everyone yeah. falls victim to you. <laughs> and certainly Donald Trump takes his lumps on our show, but he's the president. I of mean, you have to, it's like, it doesn't matter who the president is. Like we're going to hit the president just because leadership needs to, uh, needs to take a couple of lumps. So again, spoiler alert. Um, so Donald Trump finds himself in an interesting position. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, should I spoil you it? You can spoil it. I okay. think this is going to come out after people have seen it. Oh, but okay, again, great. don't listen until you have you watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Donald Trump uh, at the top of the show, we're sort of tracking a couple of of um, developing stories. One is Hurricane Randy, which is uh, bearing down on Florida, and the other is that Donald Trump. It's day seven of Donald Trump still stuck at the bottom of a well, and we're. Um, we're trying the, the, the they're trying to extract him uh, and yeah just deal with that the nation is dealing with that crisis 
You cram a lot in. I mean, I think every moment of it is kind of packed, even down to the news crawl. How long did it take you to write all of this and pull it all together? Um, it was a very dense uh, month of writing. Um, we had just had such an awesome little core writing team. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, we, it, it, it was, it was long days, but, but just an incredible amount of fun, you know? Um, and, and in a way I've been writing it for years cause I, I've always been watching the news and thinking like, that's ridiculous or that's out of hand or like, why, you know, why are they covering it that way? Or can you believe that pundit said this or, you know, why are they giving this person a platform? That's just, uh, they're just creating a cage match. And, and, um, and so all those things have been kicking around for so long that when we got into the writer's room, it just was like a flood of ideas. And we really, I mean, the first, the first draft of the script was like 180 pages and we did a read through (laughs) and, and there were great laughs through the whole thing. And we just had to start chopping and chopping and chopping and uh and we got it down to an hour anything left on the cutting room floor you regret lots yeah let's just say if there's if there is another uh if if we get to do do another one um we could probably cut another one together just with what we cut out of this one but uh but there there are some great things that we had to cut or some things we had to just cut down or simplify um, there's one or two bits where, uh, where we had it, we feel like we had a great idea, but the execution didn't quite work as well as we wanted. And, and, and in doing it, we could sort of see what we, how, what we did wrong. So I, it'd be really fun to take another crack at some of those. Um, but yeah, there's just, it's just sort of an endless fountain of, uh, I mean, cable news is so giving in terms of <laughs> if you want if you, you want to write of material if to you want to write satire. There's just so much uh, wonderful stuff to play with. Even the whole concept of fake news, though, didn't even really exist a year ago. Like you sort of landed this perfect space. Uh, yeah, well, that's the funny thing is that th- this idea preceded the sort of emergence of fake news and. Um, it kind of has two meanings. I mean, there's the Trump meeting and then your meaning. Exactly. Is, this yeah. isn't real. Yeah. So so we initially conceived this as like, you know, the the news report with Ted Nelms or something. I can't remember. We had some sort of generic name. But then with the emergence of, of fake news as this very controversial topic, um, it just seemed... Like we had to call this the fake news just because uh, because it shouldn't be controversial what's fake news. It should be the things that are demonstrably untrue are fake news. Nothing else. Not the things that bother us or that don't line up with our worldview or that we think make us look bad. That's not fake news necessarily. It can be, and it should be called out if it is, but it isn't necessarily fake news. And... Uh, and what is fake news is are, are the things that are explicitly made up. And that's what this show is. It is 100% fake news. And so in a kind of fun way, it's our, uh, it's our way to reclaim the meaning of that term and just say, hey, no, 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 no. 
It's not all those other things. It's this. Let's remember what fake news really is. Watch this show, and, and this is a reminder. <laughs> fake news is when you make it up. Is that what you want people to take away from it? Um, I, really, I really just want people to laugh. That's the main thing. I, I, I think, I mean, we've gotten a little into the weeds of sort of the some philosophical underpinnings, but I, um, I, I really want people to think it's funny and, 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 and we, that's part of the joy of this show is, is how silly it is because, uh, a lot of news satire or what, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of shows like John Oliver, I just love, I think he's so brilliant and insightful. Um, but a lot of times I'm watching that and I'm and I'm kind of thinking this is so funny, but I'm not really laughing because I'm also my heart is breaking <laughs> at, what, at, whatever, at whatever point he's making. And uh, and so it's that kind of like mixture of of like uh, of rage or or kind of frustration with appreciation for the how funny he is. Um, and that has that there's there is uh there is a place for that for sure and it's fantastic and those all those folks are just doing it so well this we kind of wanted to just be in a different space and just really kind of highlight silliness and and playfulness and hopefully um uh i don't know i i there's we're pointing out hypocrisy we're pointing out some we're kind of like commenting on some things but we're also hopefully doing it in a way that that just makes us laugh and uh puts some positive energy out there sure. much needed yeah so could we see more of ted nelms in the future with another special or could he show up on the daily show uh well i don't think ted nelms is likely to make appearances outside of the fake news um just because as a character he's not unique enough in a way uh but i think that i'm wide open to making more i mean this is one of the most kind of exciting and fun things i've i've worked on in a long time and uh and also for me it's this is such a personal expression um i feel very exposed in a way and i and and that's uh a little terrifying but also quite thrilling and i i it's you know, as uh, as creative people, like it, it's just thrilling to put yourself out there in this way, and I hope it's well received. Um, in which case, yeah, I'd be up for some more. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to seeing it, and please tune in and watch it. Amen. All Thank right. you so much. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with David Alpert, CEO of Skybound Entertainment, who oversees AMC's monster hit, The Walking Dead. See you next time.